Is it hour two already? It is. Is it five o'clock? Okay. 508. 5.08. That means the uh, trade deadline is officially here, Troy. Did anything happen? Any breaking news? Yeah! Did Dayton Moore do it? He that did would it. Did a nothing. Johnny oh. Cueto back to the Royals. Nope, not Johnny, even that. Johnny Cueto back to the Royals. Bringing back Hosmer on a uh, minor league deal. Plus uh, Moose, Alcides Escobar out of retirement. We got uh, well, <laughs> Alex <laughs> Rios. Yeah. <laughs> Put the band back together from the only era in which Dayton Moore was actually a decent GM. <laughs> ben Zobrist is out there. Could oh. grab him up, Ben Zobrist. And then the but he doesn't bring his wife with him now. No. <laughs> We're, oh, getting, <laughs> We're getting uh, pretty close to that eight year mark once again for Dayton Moore. How, how about that? Syndergaard goes from the Angels to the Phillies. That's a interesting move, tail end of the year. And I saw somewhere that the Yankees were in on Shohei Otani. I mean, how much money do they have? You, the Yankees. I can understand if the guy who's the guy. This is I sound like an idiot. Um, the Oklahoma State booster. From uh, T Boone, T, if T Boone Pickens owned a baseball team, I'd go. Yep, they got a lot of money. But the Yankees only do baseball. Where's the money come from? Here's the thing, though. At, with with a Japanese player, there's they would be able to utilize what they did previously in terms of their support system uh, in in being able to market. Because when you look back, and they've had success of late with the run of Japanese players that they've had on their roster. Mm -hmm. So they know how to market it. And so that would be why it would work out for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, yeah, uh, unreal the amount of money. Meanwhile, Aaron Judge continues to just tear it up and make them all the more uncomfortable. (laughs) Of course, it would be a little bit different story if he didn't have the porch to hit to. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <clears throat> but the, I did see the list of stupid softball field. The list of guys that have hit forty home runs in a season, like it was by a certain age, the forty home run mark yeah. in a season is like really insane. Plus, somebody also saying he's hit forty home runs already, and still they're like, man, he's got a pretty good case for MVP. It's like he should just win MVP by now. I mean, forty home runs by like August first. Give me a break. Hang on here. Also, uh, the Royals bringing back Omar Infante. Oh, on a minor league. I wanted to. Woo, here I we go. I miss him at second Omar base. Infante. Oh, this this is interesting. I hated him. Jeff Passan, ESPN just reported. Oh boy, ooh, ooh, hold on. Okay, go. Should that, we hit the breaking news? Yes. Should we really? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Breaking news. Whit Merrifield has been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, meaning Whoa. that one sucker is going to have to get the jab. No way. Oh, no you're way. kidding no, me. D- dude, Troy, are you serious? You're joking. No, not at all. Jeff Passan, you see the tweet right there? It's verified Jeff Passan from ESPN. Blue Holy check. crap. Blue check. That is the most shocking story in baseball this season. Blue check Hefe Passan. Um, with the, uh, oh my God, dude, what the hell? Um, one more time, uh, hit that breaking news. Uh, no, uh, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, 
So I'm I'm waiting to. I'm get a little a, bit dumbfounded. Like I, I, I know. Yeah. First of all, for a couple of reasons, obviously, and the the, the two reasons are obvious. One, Dayton Moore actually pulled the trigger on a trade right at the horn. At, at the horn, yes, at the buzzer. And two, after what Whit Merrifield was saying about the vac- or about why he's not vaccinated, not caring, basically not caring about the Royals. If he played somewhere where it was absolutely necessary, he would do it. He was one of ten Royals players that didn't travel to Toronto before the All Star break because he didn't get the vaccination. Now he's going to have to do it. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that had to be a part of the mm-hmm. agreement about being traded. Well, you got to get vaccinated. Well, wouldn't it Benintendi too? Like he he also was like Well, guy. yeah, it, it, it was because like we thought, well, there's no way these guys are getting traded to the AL East. Right. It's not going to exactly. happen. Yeah. That 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 was going to at least throw a kink into the plans. And when it's all said and done, Benintendi goes to the Yankees. Well, if it's for a contender, right? Exactly. I suppose. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah. All right. You don't. You don't want to get vaccinated to go play in Toronto. We'll trade you to Toronto. Holy crap! Um, looks like the Royals are getting a double A pitcher in return. That's just one piece, but uh, the early return here appears to be right-hander Max Castillo, hmm. uh, getting a second go around currently in double A. So we'll dig in as we go here. I'll watch as this develops. Meanwhile, apathy apparently has taken over in Denver, where the Rockies did not a single thing. So at least the Royals did salvage a little bit of hope for my my system today. But. I here. I I was joking at the end of the first hour. I was like three and a half minutes, dude. Anything can happen. You, you know that Dayton Moore loves to. Make those trades right at the buzzer. That was amazing. And it actually happened, like, for the first time ever. It actually happened. If I could have a GIF, a GIF of your reaction when he goes, actually, I do have something. <laughs> yeah, right? You're I thought like, no. joking. You're like, no, you I was don't. like, you're pulling our leg. There's no way that happened. Oh, that is good. But that by is good. God, it did. And it was the one player that I thought there's no way he would be traded to Toronto or anywhere in the AL East. Wow. But by God, it happened. My whole world is rocked right Maybe now. that was Dayton Moore telling, telling Whit Merrifield to suck it. No. Like, it's no. Uh, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. No, he was. He probably really he cried a lot, probably, and was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm he sorry. That, this is the only team that wanted you. You're going to have to get the vaccine. Yeah, he was probably like choked up. And Whit, what if Whit Merrifield pulls a Eric Hosmer and goes, "Hold up, uh, uh-uh, uh, I ain't going." Because are the Blue Jays contending? The Blue Jays are like yeah. a wild card contender. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. But they are hitting. I get like Matt Chapman is having a really good July. Oh, yeah, he had a great July. Well, I they, mean, they mash. Yeah, they, they mash. Okay. The East. I mean, almost the whole East, right? Is a contender. Maybe other than the Red Essentially, Sox. Essentially, right yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> are the Red Sox in last? Uh, I believe that they are. Yeah, they That's they kind of trading dudes off this out like this trade trade deadline too. Their catcher Christian Vasquez gone, brought in Hosmer. <laughs> wow, crazy news! Crazy today. Travion, you have, have anything on trade deadline? I have no idea. Okay, so. hmm. <laughs> That's disappointing because. Y'all heard that new Beyonce album yet? Oh my God! Twenty-four-year-old second baseman Samad Taylor and twenty-three-year-old right-hander Max Castile. So is that are what they get in return for uh, for Whit Merrifield? Both prospects? No, Castile did pitch a bit 
uh, already this year in Toronto. So, but it started the season at Double A. Hmm. Well, is this a good trade, Troy? You're the expert. I'm intrigued on the on the second baseman. I can't tell you for sure. Castillo at 23. Well, for the first thing, you knocked seven years off your trade in that aspect. Merrifield, actually, a few more than that. Uh, but showing his age, and you've gone for a prospect now that maybe you can do some things with. Keeping in mind, you know, the, the Royals have been active in terms of picking up pitchers here with these deals that they've made of late. Oh, now, well, we have now Troy starting to praise Dayton Moore. Is uh, this happening? I'm just pointing out that no, uh, not so much praise. I'm just noting that they have brought in a lot of pitching with their with these deals. The Benintendi trade was three pitchers. Uh, the Santana deal brought in two. Now you've got this deal bringing in one from Toronto. Uh a recognition that guys in the system weren't getting it done. That's not to say anything about Cal Eldred still remaining on as pitching coach in Kansas City. Uh, I hope I hope to God we're playing out the string on that. If He's that, gonna it, wreck all these young guys that we got in return. He better not be. Know. He better not be around at the at the start of next season. Period. He he better not be. I mean, this has got to be a matter where they're just letting it roll. And they'll deal with it in the offseason when his contract is up. That that's gotta be it. Because otherwise, if if you had any hopes of this team being a contender with that as your pitching coach, it isn't happening. And you don't want his touch on any of these guys. No. No. When they get to the majors at this point. Just be like, I need to DM some of these guys and go, don't listen to them. Just forget about it. Make yeah. make Zach Greinke a player coach. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. <laughs> the weirdest coach ever. Well, he's probably about to become a coach. Yeah, in a second. Just, uh, I don't know. Just get to do, the tail just, end of that career. Do it. That's, that's the point, though. I mean, oh, he is oh, at yeah. that point where now that would be a guy who, yes, maybe an odd guy yeah. in general. Yeah. But – he knows how to pitch. He would never address the whole team, though. He'd probably go to talk to the whole team and throw up in a trash can or something. Uh, baseball trade values on Twitter, at Baseball Values. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. These guys are really cool. They do all the trades, and they uh, they have all trade values on every player. They said the model accepts the um, Whit Merrifield for two prospects deal. It, it uh, works out for both, mm-hmm. uh, both teams. Um, trade value... Uh, one million dollars in median trade value for Whit Merrifield, and so we have a uh, eight hundred thousand for uh, Castillo, and then the other guy. But at this point, I mean, do you feel like where Whit Merrifield is at in his career, like you think there could have been like more value for like Michael A. Taylor, Scott Barlow, like those kind of guys? No, like, did ta- we- Taylor. Taylor is a guy is just going to be a journeyman. And I don't know that there's a lot of value, even though he's had a great year mm-hmm. for him. He's a journeyman center fielder. And uh, people are aware that the Royals are already angling to have a replacement for him, maybe as early as next year. Uh, so th- there wasn't a lot of value there, I don't think, for for a team, unless they really had to plug a hole in center field. And Barlow, I I thought he'd be the first guy traded. I really yeah, did. He's yeah. having a pretty good season for like the Royals. And and and, and I would be with you on that. But uh, from a standpoint right now, with the way that relievers are utilized, 
I don't know that there were a lot of slots where where teams were looking for a a key one, say you know that that falls in line a ways away from being the top notch guy. A Josh Hader yesterday that was a surprise move, but for you know a Scott Barlow. As much as anything, that's probably going to be a team that's trying to clinch the lower part of the of the uh, uh, wild card, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 is needing to shore up what is a a bullpen that honestly they probably could do better with their own prospect. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. So uh, wasn't expecting that breaking news at all. <laughs> I mean, that has completely derailed my plans for. <sighs> The second hour, so I'm gonna have to you know kind of change some things on the fly here. Was going to hear from uh, new men's basketball assistant coach Rodney Perry today. He spoke with the media. Probably gonna save that for tomorrow. Okay. Um, well, here's here's what we'll do. Actually, let's hear from him next. Okay. Because I wanted to do that in the first hour, wasn't able to get to it. So let's hear from Rodney Perry here in just a moment. My top ten, I might save it for tomorrow. Okay. Since you know that breaking news from Whit, Whit Merrifield being traded to the Blue Jays, that's pretty huge. That's big. I mean, that, that's some big news. So I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do, because tomorrow we got a pack show anyway. We got um, you know Derek Young from KCN Online, who just moved to Manhattan, by the way. hey um, Mitch Holtis, it's going to be his first training camp report. That'll be tomorrow as well. We'll also do my top ten tomorrow. How about that? We'll, we'll talk storylines for uh, for K-State football as they actually will officially start practice yeah. tomorrow. So maybe it's even better we do it tomorrow since they're actually starting practice tomorrow reporting today. But coming up next, new men's basketball assistant coach for K-State, Rodney Perry, with the media next. The game continues on KMAN. Excuse us for that outdated KMAN Game Sports update. Wow. Oh, Troy. Welcome Who to trade. Guy? Yeah, welcome to trade deadline day. Hey, where'd you get your news from? The the Pony Express or some? <laughs> this guy. I know. Dang it, I'm wow. sorry. But what a breaking news champion. Troy Coverdale's become. Oh, he's always surfing. Yeah. He's surfing for the Nuggets. Trying to. I, I mean, he's on the bottom of the McDonald's bag going for an extra nugget right now. I, I'm i not sure this show I, is going to I mean, recover. I'm no Wojo, but come on. <laughs> I don't know if this show is going to recover from some of the things I've heard today. Uh, like a wet fart in a movie Oh, theater. it's been the weirdest for analogies. <laughs> and, then, and then, hey, he's surfing for nuggets, baby. Hey, what, hey, what would you say if you could characterize Troy Coverdale and his investigative uh, components of news. <laughs> oh, he's surfing for nuggets. I'll tell you that much. Every day, the guy is surfing for nugs constantly. <laughs> I am shocked. Punching the bottom of the bag, trying to find an extra nugget. <laughs> trying to get that extra fry. <laughs> now, now, see, the fry makes sense at that well, point. I mean, but it's not fries we're talking about. We're talking about nuggets. We're talking about information. <laughs> Hey, man, I punched the bottom of the bag, came up with one more nugget. Yeah, Scott Barlow traded. Ah, damn it, nothing but napkins in there. <laughs> <laughs> napkins and receipts. 
Uh, oh, the game man. continues. We were uh, that's good. Very happy to hear that uh, just recently that K State men's basketball coach Tang has hired his final assistant, so the full time coaching staff is now complete. Rodney Perry is now the new assistant coach. He's been at the collegiate level. He's had, I mean, multiple years of coaching at the collegiate level and also at the high school level. Mo Can Elite AEU group that he founded. Just won a championship, and now he's with K-State after completing that championship run, the Peach Jam. We now hear from Rodney Perry, who spoke earlier this morning with the K-State media. Just how did uh, Coach Tang sell you on the job to come to Kansas State? Well, let's see. How he sold me on the job was the fact of he wanted to be able to put a staff together uh, that can – um, basically elevate the program to another level uh, from a defense, offense, uh, chemistry standpoint, uh, relationship standpoint. And we have a lot of similar traits, you know, too, in our beliefs. Uh, and so that pretty much, you know, done it for me to realize that, hey, when you be around a lot of like-minded people with the same goals, then great things can happen. Have you guys had any I guess, crossover in, in your past, I guess, what is your experience together that kind of created that familiarity that you have that made you a candidate? Well, um, he's recruited some of my players that I've coached uh, in, in the past. And so he's been at uh, our practices and actually watched me run practice and been at our games and watched me coach games uh, and things like that. And uh, we've had a friendship, you know, through that and, um, you know, when we go to the final forwards and see each other there and, you know, everything like that. And so that's kind of more or less how our relationship actually got started. And, um, and it's just grown from there. Is there anything about your, your I guess, coaching ability that you're the most confident in that you, you think you'll provide Kansas State with once uh, you really get on your feet and rolling? Yeah, um, I'm very confident in my abilities uh, to be able to coach. You know, I'm very detail-oriented, uh, making sure guys pay attention to the detail part, uh, holding guys accountable, uh, and that's what coach is all about, you know, also. And, you know, he wants me to uh, kind of help out on the offensive side of, of things and kind of build a little bit of a reputation for, you know, what we do offensively. So, you know, therefore, I think that's going to be the the biggest things for, for me uh, with the relationship. Hey, Rodney, welcome to uh, Manhattan, first off. Thank you. I wanted to ask, why was it important for you to finish out the, the summer with MoCan for both you and Jerome Tang? Why was it important for you to finish out the season rather than just come and start immediately? Well, we, we're both the, the type of people that when you make a commitment to something, um, you have to be fully invested into that. And so we figured it would not hurt any way, shape, form, or fashion. It actually would just be able to help us because of uh, me continuing to build relationships, not only with uh, the players that I was actually currently coaching, but I also have a lot of relationships with a, a lot of the other coaches and programs and directors of those programs in the EYBL that knowing that, hey, these are some of the programs and coaches that we're going to be dealing with in the future as far as recruiting base-wise go. And so we just wanted to continue to just keep building, you know, great relationships because a lot of recruiting part comes from, you know, the relationships that you build. 
Uh, and so we figured that that would be a, a great, you know, deal for us at K-State, plus being able to, we always call it finish what you start. When I start something, I'm going to finish it. And so that was what we kind of agreed upon. You've coached college and high school before. Is there anything you like about the college game more? Well, I, I love the college game. Uh, I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to be able to play, you know, Division One college basketball, win a championship. Uh, also played in NCAA tournament, played for Hall of Fame coach in Charlie Spoonhour at Missouri State. So, you know, I, I love the college game. Uh, I actually love the fact that, you know, uh, a lot of players are wanting to become pros and and then college game puts you one step away from, you know, being a pro, uh, you know, too. And then the exposure uh, that the college game actually gets, I think is phenomenal. Uh, and so, and then the, the talent level you know, at, at the college level is a lot higher than at the high school level. And so I, I love, I love to compete. And so that's one of the things that, that really, you know, triggered me about this position and situation here is that, you know, we're going to have opportunity to have some great teams here moving forward. One more for you. It seems like everybody else in the staff kind of has connections in Texas, Louisiana, and the South. You seem to be more Missouri, this area. Is that kind of your wheelhouse recruiting right around this area? Well, I, the Midwest is is uh, where I have a lot of connections, uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, Kansas, uh, Illinois, uh, Iowa. And then I also have some connections when my time that I spent in Pennsylvania uh, out east there, you know, as well. So I have some ties and connections out there. But, you know, really, you know, I, I have ties and connections pretty a lot of other places, too, because when you're Planning EYBL and you have teams, 40 teams there from all over the country, you actually build great relationships with those teams also. I guess with with with, with kind of not being with the rest of the coaches while you've been with Mocan, what, what's kind of your familiarity with with the roster so far that they've kind of built up and 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 how much have you gotten to, you know, know any any of the guys that they brought in? Well, I was able to keep up with uh, everything that was going on uh the whole entire time and uh actually got a chance to come in and watch the guys work out um in june uh when it was working out uh and had opportunity to meet the guys you know also so i'm i'm familiar with with pretty much all the guys um there was only two guys that wasn't here you know at the time uh bebe and taiki uh was the two but uh i have synergy uh so i was able to actually go and pull up, you know, film and study those guys and watch those guys uh, too. And then Bebe was also at Arkansas for uh, a year. I'm from Arkansas, so I'm always familiar with everyone that's in the Arkansas program. Uh, Desi, I was very familiar and actually coached against Desi coming up and everything too. And so uh, so I've been very familiar with with all the guys on the roster. And then obviously you just brought up Bebe and, and, and Desi, but just as a as a whole, what what's kind of your impression of of the roster right now? I know that they're kind of an athletic bunch. Long, yeah, long long athletic bunch. Um, you know, defense is going to be the the the, the thing. Uh, we're going to lay our hat on defense and be able to use our athleticism and uh, even with Marquise being as fast as he is and as crafty as he is, being able to get out and transition and go a little bit there you know, too. And, uh, but just overall, just being able to, you know, find some chemistry, find out what everyone does, you know, the best and figure out what the roles will end up being on the team for different guys and, 
It's just getting those guys to buy into their role to, for us to be successful. And then just, just being a Midwest guy and, and, and being around what, before Coach Tang reached out to you, what, what, what's been your impression of K-State as a program, as a school, just from, a, from, an, from an outsider's point of view? What have, what, have you, what have you thought? Well, I've been fortunate enough to be able to watch and follow K-State. I actually had a couple of my former players actually play uh, here with Will Spradlin and Eno Williams uh, also. So those two guys played for me, and I used to be able to come and watch them play. Uh, while they was here. And number one is the fan base. Um, the fan base is terrific, you know, and then obviously the tradition here and, you know, having some teams that, you know, have been able to win Big 12 uh, conference championships and do well in the NCAA tournament uh, not too long ago, uh, in the case they was in Elite Eight. So those are the things that we want to be able to do each and every year too. And so knowing the familiarity with K-State uh, allows me to be able to convince some of the kids in the Midwest that, hey, this is a place that you want to definitely come and be a part of. There you have it, new Key State men's basketball assistant coach Rodney Perry, who is now officially with the team. Don't go anywhere when we come back. It's our number one song of the day, and you know it's a, it's a new month. So that means when it's a new month, we go back to that huge band, and today is a pretty huge song Whoa. from that huge band. Okay. Didn't have his microphone on, but you heard him anyway. <laughs> Number one song of the day next. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be, 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 whisper words of wisdom, let it be. It's the number one song of the day and the Beatles song of the month. We always kick off a new month with a Beatles song from 1970, Let It Be. Two weeks at number one. Pretty cool. John, Paul, Ringo, George, most influential band of all time, best-selling band of all time. 600 million albums worldwide, at least, sold. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988. They've all been also inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by themselves. And even Paul inducted the Foo Fighters into the Hall of Fame. 13 studio albums, 50 top 40 hits, and it's their 19th of 20. Number ones, the 20 number ones is a record. And it's off their 12th and final studio album called Let It Be. Now... I could tell you what the song was influenced by, but you know, there was a famous segment of Carpool Karaoke with James Gordon on The Late Late Show, and Paul McCartney was on it, and it was almost like a half hour long, it felt like, but it was really good, so Travion, you can pod this down, I'm going to play it from my side, Paul McCartney on Let It Be. I had a dream in the 60s where my mom, who died 
came to me in the dream and was reassuring me, saying, it's going to be okay, just let it be. And I went, oh, I felt so sort of great and like, oh boy, that, it's going to be great, you know. She gave me the positive word. So I woke up and I went, what, what was that? What did she say, let it be? So I've never heard that. Yeah. That's kind of good, you know. So I wrote the song, Let It Be, but it was their positivity. There you go, Paul McCartney on Let It Be. His mother visited him in a dream. His mom passed away when he was 14. Mm. Now, what a story. Man. John Lennon hated this song. Hated it, this song, because he felt like it had Christian overtones. He made the comment before recording this song, quote, and now we like to do Heart the Angels Come. Lennon saw to it that Maggie May, a song about a Liverpool prostitute, would follow this song on the album. And now you know why the Beatles were at a point where they broke up. Wow. Do you think oh. that's the reason? It, that kind of at least shows you the animosity that was there at the end. A mini splintered thing, the relationship between those two and the whole band. Now, you ready for the shocking part of this? Trayvon, it looks like you want to say something. I was just going to say, did any of you guys watch the Get Back thing on Disney Plus? I've no. watched the recording of this and the whole album. I've got it saved to watch at a point. I've watched, the, fir- good. I've watched the first part, but I haven't watched the rest. I've binged it all in a day. How many parts Whoa. is it? It's long. It's like four parts, I think. Jesus. It's like six hours altogether, I think. So here's the most shocking part about Let It Be by the Beatles. This is actually a cover. This is technically a cover song because Aretha Franklin recorded it first and released it first. What? Even though it was written by Paul. So the story is that Paul actually wrote this song for Aretha Franklin, said, yes, go ahead and record it. It's all yours. Now, Aretha Franklin said, though, and also on the same album she released, Let It Be, she also covered Eleanor Rigby, which is a Beatles song as well. Uh, He offered this song to her. And the rights to the first release, Aretha Franklin recorded it, but she refused to make it a single. Hmm. So she didn't make it a single. That was reserved for the Beatles. As a matter of fact, I mean, the Beatles even went to lawyers just to make sure that Aretha Franklin would not release it as a single. But I was a little shocked by that. I had no idea Aretha Franklin had uh, recorded that song. It, I've heard it. It's really good. It's more gospel than the Beatles version. Sure. Uh, but I mean, that's the sound of this anyway. It's a little bit more of a gospel sound. But uh, Billy Preston on organ for this one, mm-hmm. the electric piano on this track. Almost got to a point. He was so close with the band, helping him with the music and stuff that he almost became a member. Wow. But it didn't actually become official. This was the first Beatles song released in the Soviet Union. But it, it took a couple more years. It was in 72 when it was released. After the band already broke up. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. The, the album, Let It Be, had the largest initial sales in U.S. record history up to that point. 3.7 million advance orders. In 2001, Paul McCartney helped organize, and there's a couple of... Uh, major events where this song was either played or heard. Uh, The concert for New York, it was a benefit for victims of the World Trade Center disaster. 
Uh, he closed the show with this, inviting the other acts and some New York cops and firefighters on stage to sing with him. And this song was also played at Linda McCartney's funeral. And uh, a couple of more things here. Uh, Sesame Street used Let It Be, or, you know, I'm, I'm kind glad of you, parody. I'm glad you went that angle. There's yeah. actually a t-shirt out oh, is there? for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. they used this with the title changed to, instead of Let It Be, Letter, letter B. As in the letter B. Mm-hmm. Love them. The lyrics were changed to a list of words that begin with the letter B. Hey, some of us grew up on that. I love it. No, I, I think it's awesome. I, especially when the artists go and do the show, too. Sure. It's like, you can tell that person's cool. So, Travion, I'm sure, has already seen this, but this is on the Rolling Stone Top 500 Songs of All Time. Where do you think it is? Number one. Number seven. Nowhere close. Nah. 121. 121. Hey, um, but the Beatles do have top ten songs. One of them I know is Strawberry Fields. Strawberry Fields forever. I've been to Strawberry Fields, New York City version. I've been to Strawberry Field. Where they grow them. Oh. It was amazing. Did you get to pull one off and eat it right there? No, unfortunately they were not ripe. Oh. It was the winter. The snow was on the ground, so. <laughs> Where a pack of uh, strawberries is like three fifty at the grocery store. Out of season. Hey, uh, let me uh, hijack back to sports here for a moment. Yeah! Wait, do we have some breaking news? We do. Oh, my God. Travion, cut it. <laughs> because we got the, thi- the we got to play the thing. Go ahead. Breaking news. The Kansas City Royals have... Traded catcher Cam Gallagher to okay. the San Diego Padres for left fielder Brett Rooker. Hmm. Rooker has spent the bulk of this season at Triple A, but has had a cup of coffee with San Diego this year. Made his major league debut in 2020 with the Twins. I'll be That's honest. a case of too many catchers on the roster right now <laughs> yeah, for the Royals. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you when you said Royals have traded catcher. My heart did sink a little bit, because if there's one guy I don't want to see go, it is Salvador Perez, uh, because by God, does he mean a whole lot to this organization? I don't care what it would benefit. <laughs> I don't want Salvi to go, guys. No. no. I don't want Salvi to go. No. Uh, but Cam Gallagher, all right, see you later. Ah, see you later. Listen, idiot. the way that Melendez has played, that's yeah. an easy, yes. easy move to make. Yes. Yeah. All right, what do we say? Let's take uh, Trayvon. We'll take a quick break, quick one, and then uh, when we come back, DG will lead us in some Ask Us Anything next. Thirteen fifty KMAN. That's news talk. That's sports. That's weather, local and state. Man, they'll give you everything you ever wanted and more sometimes. Including election results tonight. Election results to tonight. Newsradiokman.com. It's a big deal. The polls are open until 7. Seven. Seven. Central Standard. Get out and vote. It means a lot. The last election, there wasn't there a state... Uh, there's a state runoff where it was decided by five votes, or it was a county one. Or I cannot remember, but it was a, a county thing where it was five votes decided who won. Go vote. I have please. my sticker. Uh, me too. I voted today earlier. I had mine yesterday yeah. because I hit the early voting. Very nice. Yesterday. I took Sophia. They said only one person can vote. And I go, oh, I thought every vote counted. <laughs> they were great down there. Um, hey, ask a character today. I relayed my story about the airport. Do you have very quickly a nightmare travel story? 
that you have uh, that you'd like to share with the peoples? I went on a road trip, my first WrestleMania down to Phoenix, and I went down with a friend and his family. Mm. I mean, you want to talk about just bickering and yelling at each other the whole Ooh. time? Yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> vacation at Lake of the Ozarks because I wasn't feeling well. Remember what the discovery was when I got home. Oh, no. Yeah, I went in the hospital uh, the the Monday after getting back from the vacation. Oh, no. And spent the next three weeks in the hospital with congestive heart failure. Damn, Troy is due for a trip to the Lake of the Ozarks. Somebody owes him that. I don't know who, but... <laughs> he might be well, scared to go. <laughs> li- little brother has the condo. Trust me, we're looking ahead to next spring yeah! already. I thought it'd be like you eat a food and then get food poisoning. You can't touch that food for a decade. <laughs> Lake no. of the Ozarks. Troy's like, no thanks. I'll go to Lake. You got anything, Travion? Five years old, whole family went to California, and like my sister was like peak teenage angst, and it was I was a mess, and she was a mess, and everyone was yelling at each other, and got my foot stuck in a cactus. Oh my god. Taped my leg up with duct tape and had to get it all ripped off. Oh, Family it, vacations are overrated, aren't they? <laughs> it was a very memorable trip, but like, you know, just interesting. Had to leave Disneyland earlier because everyone was like upset, so I didn't oh. get to meet Mickey. Oh, just the whole thing. Yeah, you're ne- man. So bad memories forever about that. I'm over it, but yeah, you know, okay. you can redeem yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, wh- who's the best lead singer you've ever seen live? Oh, oh God. God. Okay, I'll take that back. I've seen so many. Who's the the worst lead singer you've ever seen? Oh, well, boy. Paul Stanley. Whoa! That doesn't surprise me. I know you had the same thought I did. Whoa! I might have to go Iron Maiden on that one. Bruce Bruce Dickinson is kind of, you know. He wasn't good. mm. There's a guy... it is uh, at the drive-in was their name. They're an older band from the like early or late nineties, early two thousands, and their guy stunk. He was awful. And then Mars Volta, he was the lead singer for Mars Volta. He was terrible. I'm not a huge fan of Hailstorm, but Lizzie Hale live can just shred on the vocals. Oh, okay. she's extremely good. Mm, very nice. Very, very good. Did you have one? I you, really, you just said, I just really liked, I loved Axl Rose. I thought he was amazing, and he's not even prime Axl, but he was awesome. He was Did so you see him at Arrowhead a few years back? I saw him in Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and he was awesome. He killed. Well, coming up tomorrow, we expect to have Derek Young from K-State Online. Mitch Holtz is his first report from Chiefs training camp. Get you my top ten on my storylines for fall camp in K-State football for Travion D- David G., Troy, I'm Mitch. We're out. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Cats. Yes.